Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Ever wonder why hockey sticks cost so damn much? What makes them so expensive? The carbon? The tooling? Nope, it's the marketing. Sponsoring those pros, buying advertising. It adds up, and you pay for all of it. So the guys at ARC Hockey started ARC to make state-of-the-art sticks that don't cost a car payment. And while their sticks are handmade of a 100% high-quality carbon fiber in the same factories as the big brands, they are bringing them directly to you from the only place you can find them, arthockey.com. No pros, no middlemen, no endorsement contracts to pay for, just guys like you who love hockey. So check them out at arthockey.com. That's A-R-C-Hockey.com. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We have the usual suspects with us in the house tonight. We have Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, sweetos? And your host tonight, Mark the Dr. Morley. Meow. No, doctor. We have a special guest sitting in with us at the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight. Kwame, Damon Kwame Mason. How you doing tonight? I'm good, boys. How's it going? Good, going good great. Man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Kwame had, uh, for the listeners, Kwame has produced a, a documentary called Souls on Ice, Past, Present, and Future. And um, it's been receptive pretty well. And it, was, it looks like he got an award at the, the Edmonton uh, Film Festival, the 2015 Audience Choice Awards. And um, you know, the reviews I've, I've read, is it's really taken off for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been um, pretty cool. I uh, can't complain. Like, you know, you, it was my first film. So, you know, it's just the, the reception has been, like, overwhelmingly, um, you know, pretty cool. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, especially for fans of hockey, it's a great little piece of uh, history. For those who aren't really hockey fans, it's just a, a pretty cool story, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, you know, were you a hockey player growing up or was this just something that you wanted to research and, and do a film on? Or how'd you get involved? Yeah, when I was, I, you know, I played as a kid, you know, here in Toronto. Uh played a couple of years. I was all right. I was, you know, I wasn't too good. I, I, I just felt, <laughs> I felt like I didn't get the opportunity to learn the game. Nobody was there to teach me the game. So I kind of missed out on the opportunity. I was a pretty good athlete. Like, I played everything in sports. So, you know, that's still kind of one thing that I wish I had the um, opportunity to actually explore because I think I would have been pretty good. I think I probably would have probably been like a fourth liner, though. I would have, I would have been a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need fighters, sure. too. <laughs> yeah. So, You've had yeah, some- but... Uh, I was going to say, you had some uh, big names help you produce this. I see uh, Anson Carter... Um, you've had some pretty uh, big NHL stars that uh, were in this movie. How'd yeah. You, how'd you get all those guys together? Uh, well, it, it wasn't easy, man. Like, you know, um, and there's a lot of guys that, you know, should have been in that film that weren't in the film. Um, so you got to kind of like, you got to kind of do a little back history on it. Like, you know, again, like I've never done a film before. Me and the guys that I was working with, we didn't have really much of a track record. So you can imagine if you're trying to reach out to the National Hockey League or you're trying to reach out to, you know, anybody within that realm and you're telling them you're doing a documentary about black hockey players, there's a, there was a lot of hesitancy. So, you know, I just kind of had to grind it out. Now, I used to live in Edmonton. I lived in Edmonton, Alberta for about eight years. I worked on a radio station there. And that's how I got to know a lot of the hockey players there, a lot of the Edmonton Oilers, especially like George the Rock. So... Um, when I told George that this is what I was going to do, you know, he was like the first guy, first NHL guy that was just like, yeah, let's go. And, you know, I did an interview with him and, you know, my very first interview was with Herb Carnegie. And so I put a little trailer together and what I would do is I'd go to like a, all these little events and, you know, around that time there was uh, that, that, uh, that little lockout that they had. So I was able to meet a couple of <laughs> guys and, 
show them the trailer and they're like, oh, okay, you're not, you know, you're not messing around. So, it, you know, it kind of just kind of snowballed and, you know, you get to with one guy and then the next guy and, and then it just kind of snowballed into, um, you know, the, the, the cast that I was able to get um, then. But like I said, there's a lot of guys I wish I could have interviewed, you know, but at the same time, I feel like the cast that I have was the right cast for that story. And, you know, when you're talking about hockey history, uh, in particular, when you're talking about minorities in the game, there's so many different stories. So I always feel like, you know, there's more stories to be told. Definitely. Yeah, do you want to go into a little bit of a, for the listeners that haven't seen your documentary, do you want to uh, just fill us in on the history, a little bit of the blacks in, in the NHL or even in hockey in general and, you know, how we got to where we are today and, and the struggles that they went through um, throughout the years? Right. Yeah, so the, for those who haven't seen the film, don't know anything about the film, it's called Soul on Ice, Past, Present, and Future, and it's about the history and contributions of black athletes in the game of hockey. And uh, we really take you back to the late 1800s, where in um, Halifax, Nova Scotia, there was the Colored Hockey League of the Maritimes. Um, these were descendants of underground, uh, descendants of slaves that, you know, left America, went to Canada. And because they weren't allowed to play with the, like, the white teams, officially, they decided to start their own league. And in doing so, they were able to um, just kind of make some innovations to the game. I don't want to do no spoiler alerts, but, um, you know, we talk about that, and then we just kind of go through the time from, like, the 1800s to where we are presently today, and we um, look at a young man by the name of Jaden Lindo on his last year, um, his draft year, um, playing in the OHL, and we just kind of see what his process and what he had to go through. And, um, yeah, you know, you, you, we, we kind of go through some of the ups and the downs, you know. You've you got, like, great stories about, like, you know, Grant Fuhr and, you know, how he was able to accomplish what he did. Um, and then you also talk about guys like Val James who had to go through a tremendous amount of racism and Mike Marzen who used to get death threats, you know, just for wanting to play the game of hockey. So, it's a good balance of inspiration and education around the, um, the the growth of minorities in the game of hockey. Absolutely, absolutely, Kwame. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, like you said, but um, I know from doing a little bit of research on the stuff that you've uh, talked about in this documentary that you talk about how from that Nova Scotia Colored League that um, yeah. some innovations like the slap shot and the butterfly actually perhaps originated up there. Uh, you want to talk about that a yeah. little bit? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Um, um, of course, you're going to have people that are going to debate it, but, um, you know, uh, there's a guy by the name of Eddie Martin uh, who played back then. And what people have to understand is a lot of the guys who played in the Colored League, they were baseball players first and foremost. And so, you know, hockey was a way for them to keep in shape and baseball was a way for them to keep in shape for hockey. And so, you know, the game didn't have the same type of rules as in the white leagues. So, for example, goaltending, like in the white leagues, the goals had to stand up straight and they weren't allowed to flop around on the ice. And in the color leagues, the goalies were able to do that. And they did it in the style of the, the butterfly style of goaltending. And then, um, you know, a, a lot of the guys, like I said, were playing baseball. And if you think of, a, uh, if you think of, if you think of how you uh, play baseball, you obviously you swing the bat and, you know, guy named A. Martin said, if I, well, if I swing the bat this way for baseball, what if I swing it this way and swung it at the puck? And so what the newspapers back then used to call it was a baseball shot because mm -hmm. it's, it's the same motion, but, you know, the same motion of swinging a baseball bat towards the ground is basically a slap shot. So That's yeah, funny. I mean, I played hockey my whole life, and I've never heard that story, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Different perspective. I mean, these, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, stories like these are you're not there trying to rewrite history. It's just to give perspective and just to kind of add on to the incredible history uh, of the game of hockey. You know, like the the whole idea of the film and the whole idea of doing a project like this is not to make it a black or white thing. It's to make it a hockey thing and just be like, yo, we've got many stories out there, and to to grow the game of hockey, you've got to tell these stories because 
telling these stories gets everybody involved, you know? So, yeah, so I think it's just, it's just great. These are, these are just, you know, great things to learn and to add to the narrative of the game of hockey. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we all played hockey growing up since we were, um, could walk and, you know, we're 38, 39 years old. And to be honest, Kwame, I never really thought about this until I came across your movie. Um, I got a nephew right. who currently plays in the NHL, Jordan Greenway, and he was the okay. he was the first um, black guy to play on the men's USA Winter Olympics in South Korea. He is. And you know, in our family, wasn't even like really surprised. You know, we it wasn't a, a, a real big deal to us because we didn't we didn't really think about that, to be honest with you. And for you to bring this out and let people know about the history of you know, African-Americans and what they went through to play hockey has uh, really been an eye-opener for me and my family. Cool, yeah. And again, like, you know, no disrespect to those, like, I've heard that before. I hear a lot of people saying, well, we never even thought about that. But I always say, well, why would you? You know what I mean? Like, why would you think about it? I would think about it because as a kid, you know, when I was out there playing hockey with my friends and I – Wanted, you know, when you're picking your names, you know, kids used to say, like, you can't be Guy Lafleur, he's, he's white. And I used to hear that, you know what I mean? And you'd want to be, like, you want you want to have that type of role models. And people have to understand the importance of role models. And how do you how do you get role models? It's, it's visual, you know? Uh, right. So, you know, a guy like Jordan is going to also inspire kids that look like him to say, oh, shit, if he can do it, then I can do it. Right. And so, you know, we just got to, uh, you know, we got to just spread that narrative. And so, um, you know, what he's doing is, 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 is great. And, you know, he's in a great city right now playing. And he's playing with a couple of brothers on the team, too. So. Yeah, JT Brown. Yeah, yeah. And, um, um, excuse me. Um, Dumba. Dumba. Yeah, Dumba. Matt, Matt Dumba. Yeah, Dumba. I'm supposed to see those guys actually uh, sometime during this month. We're going to go screen the film in uh, Minnesota. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. And I believe those guys are going to be there for it as well. Yeah, let me know and get a hold of Jordan. There's actually 15 current black NHL players in the NHL right now as we speak. And I want to say there's almost 30 in the AHL. So that's pretty big numbers. Yeah, yeah but, you know, it's, it's, it's going to grow. I tell people, I tell people the um, – where. I and a lot of people would like to see the game um, be at as far as diversity. Um, you know, we're not going to see that for a very long time, but it's going to happen. And I think it's going to only make the game just so that much cooler and broaden the game. Because, you know, if you think of the major sports, you know, it's, it's I, I, I mean, I, I guess it's, it would be baseball, football, basketball, then hockey, you know? Right. There's no reason why hockey can't compete with, big names there's no reason why i can't you know uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of that has to do with the viewership yeah exactly as you say viewership and audience once it gets bigger obviously there's going to be mm. more in the league for sure it's one of the smaller yeah. pro sports that is the smallest yeah. pro sport. but imagine if you get like just you get yourself a conor a conor mcdavid that is asian or black or or indigenous like that's just going to take the game to a whole nother level because sure. you're going to be bringing in that audience, you know, and that audience is going to want to represent, you know what I mean? And Absolutely. again, it's just an exposure, you know, and I think people just naturally want to gravitate to stuff like that. So I'm excited because, you know, here in Toronto, you see all these kids, man, like shit, these kids are, are monsters, man. And, you know, and <laughs> they're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be the guys, you know, in about, 15, 20 years from now, you know, and so it's going to be really, and, and they're of all colors, you know, and that's what, I think that's what's awesome about it. Yeah, it's great for the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. we're finally reaching a point where, um, which is pathetic that it's taken this long, to be, to be frank with you, but I think we're finally reaching a point where talent is going to speak for itself, whether, you know, no matter what exactly. color you are, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, if the talent's there, they're going to find you. So Exactly, exactly. And they just got to, you know, and that's going to be, like, the main thing. But it also has a lot to do with allowing these players to be who they are. Sure. You know, you're asking 
vibrant young kid play by that hockey rule. And I mean, after a while, that rule, you know, it's it's not gonna swing. You know, like look look at look at look at um, Josh Olsang. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, as much as he kind of needs that discipline, needs that structure. You know, a lot of the time it's just he's being who he well he was being who he was. And the same thing you saw with PK, like like if anybody if anybody said can't couldn't see what was going on with PK throughout the years, the fight that he had to go through, like then you're really blind. And you know, once that veil is starts to come off, I think it's going to open up as well. You know, game needs a little bit of personality too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, you know you're. You're onto something here because this uh, February is Hockey for Everybody. The NHL is putting on a Hockey for Everybody month. And, you know, I look at that as, you know, all colors and all, um, you know, different backgrounds as, you know, poor kids that can't afford it. Um, I know USA Hockey is doing things now to get hockey more involved in the inner cities and getting some of these inner city kids kids um, playing and, and giving them equipment to play if they can't afford it. And um, you know, trying to grow the game in other areas besides you know suburban. Well, hold on a second. Let me let me stop you for a second. There, there's a big misconception when people think about hockey is for everybody, and they think about diversifying the game. The first thing they think about is minority kids that have no money. They think they think poor black kids, and I'm like, listen, yeah, there's a lot of poor black kids, but there's also poor white kids that want to play hockey and they can't play. <laughs> I was one of them. I was one of them. Ryan Ryan Nugent Hopkins didn't have a lot of money. He had to miss a year because of it, but he got there. So yeah, you have to fix that area as well. But when when you're talking about minorities in the game of hockey, don't just think of poor because there's a lot of rich black people out there. There's a lot of black people out there that can afford to play the game, but they're not exposed to that game, and so they don't expose their children to the game. So as much as you want to help grow the game in areas where kids cannot afford to play because the game is so hockey, you also have to be aware that there are people of different colors that got deep pockets. Sure. That go to football, go to basketball, go to soccer, go to all these games, and they have little children, and they're thinking to themselves, okay, what am I going to put this kid in? And then they say, ah, you know what, I'm going to put him in football. Let me put him in basketball. But they don't think of hockey because no one's saying, yo, come this way. So Hockey has to also do that. It also has to also expose the game to every pay grade of people because that's the only way you're gonna like you know as much as you want to help the kid from you know some inner city play the game of hockey. Like how far is that gonna go? Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's it's, it's not a, like it's it, that there's because there's two different ways you look at it. For me. When I think of all these, when I've seen all these programs, when I travel across the United States just kind of going to all these different programs, and I see it, and I think it's great. Because here's the great thing about what they're doing is you're taking these underprivileged kids, you put them in the game of hockey, they start to love the game of hockey. They're not going to become pros at the game, but you know what? Going through these, going through these programs, they're going to get some great mentors. They're going to do well in school. They're going to go to college and university. They're going to meet their special somebody. They're going to get <laughs> married. They're going to get a great job. They're going to have children. And when their children are old enough to play a sport, what are they going to say? What are they going to play? They're going to play hockey. That's right. Absolutely. That's the option. Good points, you know man. Good points. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely generational because if your parent played hockey, it's a lot easier to put your kids in that game, mm-hmm. you know. If you play basketball or you play football or something like that, you might push your kid in that direction because that's what you know and that's what you grew up playing. So, you know, the more mm-hmm. kids that played hockey and they grow up and, um, you know, then they have, like you said, they have kids that are more apt to push them towards the sport that they know. That's right. That's right. You know, it's about exposure. Just growing the game so, of hockey. That's it, man. That's all we're trying to do, man. This game is like the best game. That's right. Out there, I mean, bad. I got love for basketball, football, and you know, baseball a little bit, but there's nothing <laughs> like hockey, man. There's nothing like that game of hockey. There's, there's nothing like this game. No, nothing, nothing. So, I mean, I, I would debate anybody about that. About a hockey player can trans, can transition to football, basketball, or baseball quicker than any of those guys can transition into hockey. Amen. I mean, you're, 
Listen, you're you're skating 25 miles an hour on two fucking butter knives. So I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, where are you going? Like, where are you going? And you got somebody trying to take your head off. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's no <laughs> out of bounds, bro. There's no out of bounds. Once you get on there, you're on there, man. There's you're no in the gauntlet. Out of bounds to take a breath. Yeah, there's no running away from anybody. No, no. So, you know, Who's I mean, I remember, I, I remember, like, uh, you know, 05, 06 cup run, man. I seen, I seen Chris Pronger lace that puck like over 100 miles an hour, and it hit Ryan Smith in the mouth, took out Ooh. all his bottom Ooh. teeth. That son bitch went off the ice, got shit <laughs> up, came back out in overtime, assisted on the game-winning goal. Tell me what other athlete will do that. They don't do that in basketball? No. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Come on. No? Yeah. Come on. So, unless, you're, unless, you're, unless you're Steve Nash. Yeah, but he's right. got a little Canadian blood in him. He's got a little <laughs> right. Canadian blood in him. So, <laughs> no, he's got that hockey mentality. Who's going to win the Super Bowl, Kwame? Shit. Uh, <laughs> you know why? It, it, come on, I mean, I, I, I think it's, 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 it's got to be a Patriots. You know, I just, I, I mean, L.A. just snuck their way in there. Like, they, come on, did they just, did L.A. even deserve to be there? Like, did they outplay? Did they outplay uh, New Orleans? Like, I don't think so. So, and Brady, those that son bitches, you know, gets all the calls. Like, yeah, yeah. So you know. Yeah, because even there, even that game they played against um, Kansas City. Oh, one of the pivotal one of the pivotal plays was when you know uh, the Rough Kansas the City. Yeah, and like right away, and right after you give it to fucking Tom Brady, like come on, what are you talking about? Like that shit, I hate <laughs> referee. I all I never liked referees. I have a buddy who's a referee in the National Hockey League, but I'm just like you, you guys, man, you guys should not be determining. Wins and losses, like you should not be. You should be. You're like, come on, like it's ridiculous. You know, it just taints it, like you know. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Kwame, what's next for you, man? Are you gonna do another uh, documentary, another film, or are you just gonna keep promoting this one for a while, or what's up? Well, I mean, I'm still promoting this one, like you know, for, uh, the National Hockey League has had me work with them, put together a couple of things for Black History Month that you'll see coming up in February. We got something with Ryan Reeves coming up. We did this thing with this this group of ladies called Black Girl Hockey Club. What else we got? We got uh, a, a legacy bus that's going around. That's uh, a, a museum bus that will be torn in the United States. You just got to check your local teams. Um, that's just happening. So I've been just kind of doing that, and I'll be doing some screenings this month. But as far as the future go, I, I, I mean, I have one more documentary related to sports, like related to hockey, and uh, I want to start working on that um, as soon as I get my ass out of my chair. And then uh, <laughs> after that, man, like, you know, just trying to just keep, you know, you know, hopefully just keeping things going in the film world where, you know, I'm just creating things that I love and subjects that I like doing. You know, I've, I've done one film and I, and it came out in 2015. So I need to get my ass up and, you know, <laughs> try and try and make sure I don't get that sophomore jinx, you know? Yeah. Turn off yeah. that damn Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I, when I'm playing Red Dead Redemption, I should be freaking writing something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be all that legal weed up there in Toronto. Yeah, well, you know, I can't, I, can't really, I can't really agree or disagree about that. <laughs> Plead the fifth. Plead the fifth on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, it's been awesome uh, hearing a little bit about your film and and the history of um, you know the blacks and hockey and just getting your perspective on it after doing all your research and you know being hockey guys, it's always good to hear other perspectives of the game and uh, it's cool. it's been fun listening to you. We're gonna promote your movie on our show and on our website. And uh, if you want to put a plug in there for the website or wherever you want people to go to see it, go ahead now. Yeah, yeah, man. Soarnicemovie.com. Um, you can also, like, if you want to check it out, Amazon, iTunes, YouTube, just type in Soul on Ice, Past, Present, and Future. You can rent it. You can buy it. Do whatever you want to do, man. But just check it out. And then, 
you know, we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I, I mean, I don't know how to do that shit, man. I tried. <laughs> I tried. But, like, I got, like, 10. Li- I got 10. I don't know, man. People ain't following me. I'm like, yo, just follow me, man. Shoot, I don't know. What, what do you want me but, And the crazy thing is, if you go to my Instagram, like, saw on Ice Movie, like, I got the coolest pictures up there. Like, I got some really cool stuff up there. But, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to promote that more. So, man. I appreciate you guys for letting people know where they can uh, hit me up. Yeah, for yeah, sure, for man. Sure. Thanks for coming on, Kwame. It's cool talking to you. Thanks, man. All right, boys. All right. Back to Red Dead Redemption. All right. <laughs> All right, yeah. brother. Take it easy. Later. All right, boys. Damien Kwame Mason. Uh, Soul on Ice, check that out. Uh, he just gave you all the places you can see it, buy it, rent it, and all that good stuff. So Soul on Ice, past, present, and future. Um, what a cool story. And, you know, there's history buffs out there that are probably interested interested in watching this that aren't even hockey fans. So that's another um, cool audience for him. You know, all the history buffs that like to, you know, go back and see how things formed and how we got here today. And, you know, that it's been talked about a lot in, in baseball and some other leagues you know with the negro leagues and stuff like that and jackie robinson and you know now it's starting to come out a lot more in hockey and you know starting to see a lot more blacks in the nhl and you know it's good you know it's good for the sport because if they're the best player out there they should be on the ice and um you know there's a lot of good athletes that don't get a chance to play hockey so the more good athletes that we get to join the sport and love hockey is, is better for the nhl and better for the game yeah, I mean, the NHL has been promoting Willie O'Ree, you know, the first black NHL player, you know, the Boston Bruins. I think he got into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, yep. So they, his name's been kicking around, really promoting the black players. Like I said earlier, there's 15 current black players in the NHL, and there's double that in the AHL. So, I mean, a lot of these, uh, you know, black players are very, very athletic and um you know, to get them on the ice and get them, get them exposed to hockey and get them to lace the skates up, it's only going to produce more um, black players in the NHL, make it a faster, complete game. Yeah, and I bet if you take a look at it, if you took the whole um, viewership of the NHL and, and broke it down to how many white people watch the NHL to how many minorities, um, you know, it would probably be overwhelmingly white. So, you know, it's good for the game. It helps get more people interested in the game, you know. So all of us that really want to see the NHL on the same level as the, the NFL and, um, you know, even baseball, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be there eventually. But, you know, if you grab some of that minority viewership, you know, that's really going to help dollar-wise to, to push them to the next level. Yeah. And like we said, the NHL is doing, you know, hockey is for everyone month this uh, February. So, we thought it would be a good interview to get Kwame on and uh, talk about his movie. I mean, the face of the game is definitely changing ever so slowly, but um, like you say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what color you are. If you got talent, man, you deserve to be out there. So For let's sure. hope we see. Let's hope we see more of of every background uh, participating in the league. Yeah, and we just uh, we just had Jordan Tutu on. So I mean, we talked to him a little bit about it. I mean, being an indigenous player, you know, that's that's right in there too. It's not just blacks. It's not, you know, it's all Asians, blacks, Asians, um, yeah. Native Americans. I mean, Latinos. I mean, is there, has there been many Latinos in the NHL? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. I think there's a couple in there. Um, yeah, it's good. Good for the sport. All right. Now we'll uh, get into a little bit of NHL talk. We got some uh, big NHL news. I'm wearing <clears throat> Yeah, we do have some NHL news to talk about, boys. We had to, you know, with the trade deadline coming up, we've had uh, a couple of things happening. We obviously had the Austin Matthews signing this week, which was another massive contract that he's been waiting for for the last three years. So that's going to be the talk of the NHL world this week with, I think it was $54 over five years, I believe it was. Yeah, chump change. Yeah, just a couple of Lamborghinis in there. So that's, that but that's what we're making a year for this podcast. How much do we each make years, roughly? On average, signing bonuses, uh, well, performance enhanced bonuses too. You know, so yeah, advertisements and shit. So, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money for a young <laughs> kid like that living in Toronto. But I mean, <clears throat> I think Derek said something earlier. Toronto wants to win a Stanley Cup here in the next three years, right, Derek? Their window. 
Yeah, they got a window, man. They're in it. They got Nylander signed. They're going to probably at the end of this season, they'll have Marner signed to an extension. They got Tavares. They got Matthews locked up now. And, you know, you're seeing some of these contracts front end loaded, big signing bonuses. They're in it to win it, man. Toronto's they're they're uh, they're putting their chips on the table and pushing them forward. There's no doubt about that. Oh, is there just in the three mark? What was it? Tavares, Nylander, and now Matthews is going to be like 28 million. Yeah, right around there. And then you're going to have uh, you, know, you got Marlow that needs to be signed, and you have Mitch Marner and Kadri. And I mean, they've got a, a long list capping in. You know, so they've got some guys that are get, coming up as restricted free agents this year. Like I said, Mitch Marner, Kappen, and Johnson, they're all restricted free agents, unrestricted, Tyler Ennis. Um, you know, so they're going to have to make some decisions to try to stay under their cap, especially after that big signing of Austin Matthews. And, you know, they just signed a defenseman, what was it, two weeks ago, too, so there's some more cap space for that. But, um, you know, they got to figure out a way to beat Tampa Bay. You know, in my opinion, that's that's the team to beat right now. Um, obviously, there's some sleepers, um, you know, besides Tampa Bay. But, uh, you know, Capitals, obviously, really good. Penguins, I mean, there's – handful of teams that can win the east so but they're right up there with tampa bay and obviously tampa bay's been the team performing the best so far this season so if you look at it on paper they're the team to beat rob look at look up real quick rob uh nikita kucherov for tampa and tell us how many points he has right now currently unfucking real um but to get back to uh austin matthews trade what do you guys are contract what do you guys think of that who got the better deal do you think Austin Matthews is sitting back, you know, laughing his balls off, playing Fortnite, saying, holy fuck? Or is Toronto doing just that, saying, holy shit, we got Austin Matthews? Because I think I think if he would have came to UFA here in July, do you guys think someone else? I mean, 11.5 is a lot. Um, do you think another team would have given him more money? Well, I don't know about that, but it's. I think the. I think the contract that he signed is is kind of mutually friendly for for both him and the team. I don't think it was. I think he probably got a little bit more um, than what may have been expected, maybe slightly more. But because of this, the way that they structured the deal, I think it's it allows Toronto to have a little bit of wiggle room to get you know like a guy like Marner under contract still and to make us you know make a push over the next few years to have this core group of young talent all you know locked in and signed up um so i think it from my perspective i think it was kind of mutually beneficial for both the team and the player and i mean let's let's be honest i mean there's not you don't make guys like austin matthews every day right i mean it's they're not pulling them out of china like golf balls you know or something like that i mean this this guy's this guy's a rare talent and you got to pay these guys man it, it's whether or not some team might have given them you know five hundred thousand more a year or a million more a year i mean at the end of the day these are professional teams with, you know, massive amounts of money. So, I mean, you got to hold on to these kind of guys. He's, he's, he's in rare air as far as talent what, goes. What is he with you, for you, Derek, top, in top what? Top three, top five? Absolutely. Absolutely. Top yeah. five. He's definitely a top five player in the league. So, Kucherov has 81 points. Patrick Kane and McDavid are tied at 78 points. Unreal. 81 points 81 already. points. Yep. He's got uh, 59 assists. So that's like 22 goals. Nikita. Just to touch on the Austin Matthew things real quick, I think that um, I think you got to sign him. I think that's just the way the league's going now. You get a young stu- superstar like him. You know, you it's uh, you know you want to say Jack Eichel money. You want to say you know McDavid money. Um, you know these these guys are you know, even Tavares just signed for 11 million a year. I mean that seems the going rate for the top 10 players in the league. They're going to get that 11 million, 11 and a half, <clears throat> and it's just. If you want that player, you got to pay him, and it's you know it's a different league now, and they've got two more million or something like that on the salary cap now, so there's a little more space. But I think that's what you got to do. That's the magic number, huh? 11, 11 million. Seems yeah. like. Yeah, there's going to be some chips that fall because of this one. But the what's the weakness on on Toronto now, though? I mean, is it the goaltending? Is it is it goaltending? I mean, is Anderson is Anderson legit? I mean, can they take can that can that roster with Anderson as a goalie? I guess take them to the promised land or what do you think well i mean mean, go ahead mark i was just gonna say like they've been talking about defense like yeah uh, the last month that toronto needs to find um 
where they're at with defensemen because that's their weak spot. They're, they're saying that Anderson's their guy. He's going to be their goalie. Um, he's not a free agent for two more years. So I don't think they're going to make any moves there, but they just signed – who was they just, they just signed a defenseman like last week? Cause, Muzzy? You know, Nick yeah. Muzzy? Jake, Jake, Jake Muzzy. Jake yeah, Muzzy. $4.4 million contract for him. Um, you know, Riley on defense. Um, you know, so they've got some good defensemen, but, you know, they're – their forwards is where their power is, you know. Yeah, I mean they have 190 goals for goals against is 150, so you know it's a plus 40, which is pretty good. But you know the amount of goals they score, that uh, goals against should be down. And um, defense is definitely their weakness. Um, they just got Muzzy in with Morgan Riley's their number one defenseman. I said it before that. Morgan Riley's the top three defensemen in the league besides uh, Brett Burns and Giordano of Calgary. So with with Giordano and, um, and Brett Burns, and then you got Morgan Riley of Toronto. Those two got those three guys are um, top of the league defensemen. So and then and then if you think of Morgan Riley, you can't really think of any more any other defenseman on Toronto. No names stick out. So. They definitely need to focus on D. I think getting Nick is Muzzy was a big pickup, and um, it's going to be a battle against Tampa Bay in the Eastern yeah. Conference Final. They got like four good defensemen. Like they're the five and six are you know kind of suspect. They have Hainsey and uh, Garnet and uh, Zaitsev or Hainsey's still there. Yeah, Hainsey, Ron Hainsey. He's making two point four million. Um, you know. You look at the the salaries for the defensemen though. The top defenseman's five million. You know, five, four and a half, three, three point four, four point four, two point four, and then the rest are under a million dollars. So, I mean, their big salary cap seems to be in that that top. <laughs> the, seems like the big money right now, especially in Toronto, is all with their forwards, right? Just if you look at their top six defensemen, they're only at uh, like twenty. Maybe twenty million, right? So they got fifty million to spend on forwards and goalies. So I mean, that's where they're spending their money. They need to they need to step it up in the defensive, and that's for sure. Two more, you know, they got four decent defensemen. They got two really good defensemen. So you know, one more guy to add to that roster, I think they'll be on a roll. <clears throat> yeah. What else? Yeah. Oh, Derek dropped something. Um, <laughs> what else? I see Brian Boyle got traded to Smashville. Smashville. Yeah. Smashville Predators. Yeah, he made a big comeback. Yeah. He had cancer, right? And he came back and and performed well. Yeah. uh, He had myeloid leukemia, which is uh, a blood cancer. It forms in your uh, bone marrow, and he actually uh, beat that a little bit. And uh, he's an old veteran, so – I think that's what Nashville's looking for. I think what, they'll put him on third, fourth line, get the boys pumped up, bring some veteran uh, skills and experience to that team because, you know, they're not too far off of, you know, them in Winnipeg. They need to beef up a little bit to beat Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of action going on the next couple of weeks with the trade deadline coming up in two weeks. So, I mean, this we're just starting to see the beginning of that shit. So, and Jersey, I mean, Jersey got a second-round pick in 2019. That's pretty good for – Well, and Boyle you know, was like producing that. there, right? So I, I think he was like 12th in defenseman with points. So he was, you know, doing pretty well to, to give him up to Nashville like that. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's always tough for a team to – I mean, are the Devils pretty much thinking that they're back in rebuild? I mean, they're giving somebody up for nobody at this point in the season. So, I mean, does that tell you that – they're willing to sacrifice now to get a pick later. You know, they, yeah, are they packing know. it in or what? Yeah, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, Nashville, like, like Pat said, they needed some veteran presence on that team. They all, they made another move, too. They got uh, from the Rangers, McLeod, I think Bill McLeod or whatever, from the Rangers, a, a defenseman who I think he's kind of like a, that's like a homecoming, actually, going back to Nashville. So, um, And then the Rangers got like a seventh-round pick out of that trade, too. So Nashville was kind of active today, so. They're obviously feeling like they're a player, and they're making some moves. I think you've got to see some moves at, at, in the in the New York MSG area soon because, you know, the Rangers are a rebuilt team. Trade deadline's coming. I mean, are they going to they going to be trading players away for draft picks here? Or are they going to try to 
pick somebody up at the trade deadline. I don't know yeah, what's going to happen. They've had a lot of selling off already, you know, and so they got to hang on. Like, you know, Zabinajad, he's playing great. Um, yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, shit. he's producing, man. He's he's like he's kind of like last year. He kind of annoyed me in a way. Like he just kind of seemed like he was like one of those players that didn't play with like a lot of tenacity. But like this year, he just seems like he's he's kind of taking the next step or something. He's really producing now. But um, that line of him, Kreider, and Zuccarello right now, that line's producing pretty well. So I don't know. I mean, Zuccarello. I think that name was floated around as a trade guy. I, I don't know how you let him go. Frankly, even though you are rebuilding, because he, he just brings too much to it to that team. I think um, at some point you got to move on from uh, Lundquist, as, as good as he is. Um, the future, he's obviously can't be part of the future. Uh, yeah. moving, moving down the road, you know what I mean. He just he occupies too much as far as, as salary cap and stuff goes too. But um, there's a youth movement, and Lundquist doesn't have youth on his side. There's no doubt about that. So. I heard yeah. Hayes was Hayes might be going to Boston, right? He's from Boston. Kreider. I heard there's like a big Rangers trade off that. I hope they don't get Kreider. Yeah, we'll probably see something soon there. I mean, the same thing with Zuccarello. Like, at what point does he start diminishing as far as his value, right? So, just like anything with depreciation, as they get older, when do they hit that point? It's hard as a GM to figure out. Well, next year he's probably not going to be that good. He's getting older, but. You know, what's the optimum value when you can trade these guys? But you guys want to get into a little bit of uh, sports here? Well, yeah, we just got- real, real quick, though, I just want to point out, boys, Calgary, number two in the league right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> what's that? You predicted that? I I had Calgary as a team to watch, and, you know, they've, they've uh, shown that they're worth watching for sure. Bullshit. All right, boys, we're going to get into the 2-4-Hockey <laughs> sports break, 2-4-Hockey.us, 2-4-Hockey.ca. We're going to do a quick intermission here and uh, update you guys on uh, the sports world. And we got Matty B coming in on that. What's up, Matty? What's hey. Guys doing? hey, we got Matty B wearing all pink tonight. So, Matty <laughs> B. For the ladies, for the ladies. We have heard that Matty B has got his swagger back, and he is here to give us some sports knowledge. He What's up? He took a break from Tinder just to join us. Oh, thank you, Matt. <laughs> it's hot on Tinder right now, that's for sure. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, mute your phone, please. <laughs> it's hot in NYC tonight, baby. All right, Matty B, let's get a little rundown on some of the sports that's going on this week. All right, so other than hockey, we got the New England Patriots who were recently crowned Super Bowl champions. This marks the sixth time the Pats have brought the title back to Beantown. That's six titles under Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and the GOAT and Michigan alum Tom Brady. New England is now averaging an appearance in the Super Bowl at least every other year, with nine appearances in the last 17 years, again winning six of them. If the postgame kiss was something to question between owner Robert Kraft and the golden boy Tom Brady, one thing no one can question any longer is the fact that Patriots are a dynasty. Even Blue Line Hockey Club podcast co-host Derek Ito would watch the Super Bowl due to his beloved Kansas City Chiefs loss to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. We had to bring it up. Would simply have to agree that New England is just that, a dynasty. Oh, yeah. Switching to another dynasty, albeit a past dynasty, in NBA news, the Los Angeles Lakers remain the preferred destination of stud center Anthony Davis. Davis, who has been on a non-championship contender his entire NBA career after a marvelous but short stay at Kentucky, is hell-bent on joining LeBron and the Lakers to make a run at his first NBA title and hopefully start a dynasty of his own. Davis will be walking away from a max contract with the Pelicans in hopes of making up that lost revenue via marketing and the larger L.A. market. Past Laker great Kobe Bryant recently encouraged the signing of Davis to L.A., and also had nothing but positive things to say about reigning MVP and frontrunner again for the award, James Harden. Harden, who is on a streak of 27 games, scoring at least 30 points per game while trying to get possibly the best point guard in the game, Chris Paul acclimated back into the lineup to make a run at the title themselves. While what Harden is doing is something for the ages, they will need their floor general Chris Paul back and playing at an all-star level in order to make a run themselves. In other trade request news, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado remain unsigned with the possibility of both All-Stars ending up as teammates in Philadelphia or San Diego. Although the Yankees don't appear to be in the hunt for either of the coveted free agents, I have the Bronx Bombers as favorites to win and continue their own dynasty with an unprecedented 28th World Series titles. Fuck yeah. Yeah. 
the official Booyah. the official Ooh. week five golf rankings are in. Ricky Fowler is fresh off his winning performance at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, jumped to eighth, while Justin Rose remains atop the leaderboard, ranked number one overall, with his continued dominance in the sport. American Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and Bryson DeChambeau round out the top five. The U.S. holds six of the top ten spots in the Week 5 rankings, while Tiger Woods comes in at number 13. In women's NCAA hockey, after a strong week by Minnesota, the Gophers were able to leapfrog previous number one ranked Wisconsin to claim the top spot, while the Badgers fall one spot to number two in the country. Northeastern sits at number three. In men's Division One hockey, the bean pot is underway. Number 17, Harvard, and 2017 Beanpot champions were defeated by underachieving Boston College, whose record is an uncharacteristic 10, 12, and 3 on the season. Number 13, Northwestern, and defending Beanpot champions defeated an underachieving Boston University, whose record also fell to 10, 12, and 3 on the season. Northeastern started the scoring in the first period with a goal from Patrick Schules, just three minutes into the game. Assistant captain and six foot five goalie Jake Ottinger kept the Terriers in this one, stopping 47 of 48 shots in regulation. However, it only took 51 seconds and one shot from Northeastern's Tyler Madden to advance the Huskies to the championship game and a chance to defend their title with a 2-1 to victory in overtime. Northeastern will skate against Boston College Eagles February 11th at 7.30 mm-hmm. p.m. for the 2019 Beanpot Championship. Mm-hmm. Up, up next for BU is number two UMass, winners of their last six of eight games in Amherst. UMass! <laughs> Sitting at number one in the poll and winners of their last six to seven is St. Cloud State. Ohio State comes in at number three in the country, receiving one first place vote, which obviously came from their head coach, Stephen Rolick, who in 2018 led the Buckeyes <laughs> to their first Frozen Four appearance in the last two decades. Quinnipiac, riding a four game win streak and national champion runners up in both 2013 and 2016, sits at number four in the poll with the most recent victory over the St. Lawrence University Skating Saints this past Saturday, 7-2 in Canton, New York, which is also home of the Big Rig and Minnesota Wild up-and-comer Jordan Greenway. Of the four teams sitting atop the pole, all are seeking their first Division I NCAA title in program history. Junior Taro Hirose from Michigan State, Evan Barrett, a sophomore at Penn State, Ryan Kefner, a senior at Princeton, and Adam Fox, a junior at Harvard, round out the top the four players in the country at that? points per game. With Michigan State Taro Hirose leading all with a ridiculous 1.68 points per game in Division One. Surprisingly enough, Hirose is undrafted and working with the Toronto Maple Leafs development team programs in hopes of one day playing in the NHL. Okay. So definitely Toronto is doing their thing, making their moves. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, JD, my other nephew, J.D. Greenway, he's in the Toronto program. Hopefully he can... Uh, He's going to Maine this year. Hopefully he can work things out and definitely be in that organization in a year or two. But uh, I just wanted to touch on – thanks for that, Matty. I just wanted to touch on the waste uh, management, the uh, golf tournament in Arizona. Um, do you guys ever see the caddy races there where they – on the I think it's the 16th hole. If no one's ever seen it, Google it. It's the waste management caddy races. So – at that tournament, if a lot of people don't know or know golf, the 16th hole is surrounded by fans. It's a little par three. Um, they actually yell and scream um, when they tee off, and the in the players you like kind of promote it. They kind of get the fans into it, and uh, it's really really rowdy. And uh, what the uh, caddies do are they they start at the tee box and they race to the green, or, or they used to. They're, they're not allowed to do it anymore. The PGA uh, canceled it or whatever. But uh, if you haven't checked it out, definitely go on to YouTube, look at it, and uh, um, watch the caddy races at the uh, Waste Management Open in Phoenix. It is hilarious to see those caddies race um, from the tee box to the green. And uh, that's just a, a tournament that I, is on my bucket list. I want to go to the waste management. It is a crazy party, especially that 16th hole. Yeah, that hole is crazy. I've never, I, mean, I guess I've never really noticed it, but I was watching this weekend too, and the whole hole is it's surrounded. It's like a stadium. You know, yeah. it's like being in a football stadium. I think there's like crazy amount of people. I can't remember the, the amount. Did you guys of see the girl like on Twitter that? Uh, yeah. Did you see that with the two Coors Lights? The- yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, she 
smashed him like it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like she smashed the cans together, fucking yeah. slammed to like sixteen ounce pints. Just like it was nothing. Just the fact that they yell and scream when they tee off is hilarious. It's awesome. I see Clayton Keller was actually at the uh, at that tournament. He uh, putted a little bit. Actually played the sixteenth hole. So that's pretty cool. Get an NHL guy over there uh, messing around with that. He's a he's a pretty good golfer too, scratch golfer. So, and he came in second to last in the caddy races. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not doing that anymore. I think they should. Uh, Matty, uh, good job on the on the sports news. That was awesome, man. I, I don't watch a lot of the the NBA stuff, so that was um, that was good to hear what's going on there. And, um, definitely, we haven't talked enough about the NCAA hockey stuff and got a little bit of the girls' hockey in there, too. So, um, you know, all of our listeners want to hear that stuff, and sometimes we only focus on the, the NHL stuff and talk about what's going on there. So, good perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the future of the sport, so it's nice to know. Yeah, and that whole um, Anthony Davis eyebrow, as we call him, going, trying to go to L.A., it's been pretty crazy. I mean, they're going to trade – the Pelicans are going to trade him and like what a couple draft picks for the whole LA team. They got friggin' Ball, Usman is that his name? Usman. They got Ingram. They got a bunch Ingram. of those guys. And they're going to give all them up for the you know him, which is it's been touchy topic in the NBA and on Sports Center and everything else. But uh, I think that's what they need to get LeBron going. Listen, LeBron had the worst game as in his career. Um, I forget who they lost to. Do you know, Matty? He had it was like a forty-point game. It was actually the uh, uh, Indiana team. Indiana Pacers, yeah, without the their Pacers. star Oladipo. Yeah, so that was his worst game ever in an NBA uniform. Um, the T- LA Lakers lost by forty points. Just every record was uh, made on his behalf in that game. So they definitely need to pick up someone to um, for him to compete out there with Golden State. So I think they do have to go after him. But, man, to lose all those guys, Ball, um, Usman, Ingram, that's a pretty pretty risky uh, trade there. He better, it better pan out. It's a steep price to pay, and they've got all their eggs in that basket for certain. Um, if you saw any of the highlights, you would see LeBron. He was three seats away from the rest of his teammates. So clearly there's some divide already at this point and uh, never good for any team chemistry. Do you guys, uh, do any of you guys see on social media, Grunk at the uh, parade in Boston, he had some swimsuit model that he fucking put both his hands on her tits. Like you could, he was in Boston. I mean, it was, the temperature was warm there the other day. It was like 54 degrees, which is, you know, summertime in Boston. Grunk was on a bus with just a vest on with no shirt and wasted. Like, you could definitely tell on the Twitter, on the tweet, that he was wasted. And he just grabs this smoking blonde swimsuit model by both tits and was just, like, fondling her. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. He's a fucking club. Is that yeah, he is a gem. Edelman uh, dropped the – the whole team was at the Boston Bruins game the other night. Edelman had the uh, – dropped the puck. He actually spiked the puck. Um, so, so big party going on in Boston, yeah, you know, with the uh, Patriots. Hey, hey, the- you just picture, like, Gronk. He just has, like, that circus song playing in his head all the time. Like, <laughs> That's just like – I can't picture him by anything else. I mean, just – I don't know. God, I mean, God bless him. He's a – has more success in any sport than I'll ever have, but God, he just he's, he's, just a, he's a meathead, you know. Like uh, it's just yeah. he's got two brothers, I guess, like in in their basement when they're growing up. Like they, they just had holes in all the walls everywhere. <laughs> he's, he's just himself. He's not pretending to be anyone. He's not trying to be sophisticated. He's not trying to be upper class. He's grunk, and that's what he said. I'm just being me, and why do I have to, you know, pretend? Hasn't yeah. spent a nickel of his uh, salary since he's been in the league. He only spent yeah. money. Unreal. I've heard that, yeah. I see uh, Ovechkin passes Fedorov for the most points by a Russian-born player. That's pretty big. Um, finally got his Stanley Cup. Now he gets this um, accolade on top of it. Um, that's huge for him. I mean, Fedorov, we all know Fedorov as, you know, that famous slap shot playing against the Blues. 
uh, from the just steps over the blue line and cranks that slap shot in the upper left hand corner. Wasn't that Iserman? Oh, that was Iserman. You are right. Yeah, I'm I think right. I was playing that the other day. I think on TV. That's how I know. <laughs> but yeah, so just Ovechkin passed and fed her off. I mean, it's collusion. It's <laughs> It could be. <laughs> I also see Crosby was passing Lemieux in the uh, most games played. That's pretty big. And I think a couple of guys said earlier that, uh, you know, Lemieux was out for a significant portion of his career with some uh, health issues. But, uh, I mean, Crosby's been there for a long time, so it only makes sense. Lemieux had cancer, did he not? He did, yeah. So so to see Crosby pass that, I mean, I, I don't see Cro- – I see Crosby retiring in a Penguins jersey, so – He's and just he's 32 years old. I think Ovechkin's 34. So, I mean, how long do they play for? 38? I don't know. How long do they play for? Yeah, I mean, I think like 38 is max, right? Who is uh Look at Hendricks. He's still playing. Hendricks, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Only a few of them can do it, though. Koivu, uh, he, uh, he got injured. He's out for the year for uh, Minnesota Wild. He got a knee-to-knee contact against Buffalo, Ross Mandalin, uh, left the ice in the first period and never came back. And um, I heard he's got a pretty bad meniscus tear and uh, ACL maybe or ACL or PCL tear. So he's out for the season. Dumba's out for the season. Um, Not good. good. Minnesota's barely hanging on to that wild card by two points. Um, They got a point in Buffalo, went into OT, lost in the shootout. Um, so it doesn't look good for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's like they change the fucking line so often. You never know who's going to be playing with who. I mean, it's gotta be tough on the players. You know, you get some chemistry with somebody. I mean, now they got Stallback playing with, uh, Stallback with Granlin and Zucker, which was where they were at the beginning of the season. And now they have Rask with Greenway and they pulled Cunning back up from the HL. So, I mean, they've just been kind of bouncing everything around. Yeah. Just, it's been up and down and random players coming in and you never know who's going to be in the lineup tonight. So who's that um, wild guy? Where'd he come from? Yeah, I don't know. He's got to be a wild guy. They put JT Brown on waivers too. So I did see that. It's kind of weird that they, you know, they've had him up there all year and then they bring somebody up that we've never heard of before when they have people hurt. So let's do a quick conference here. Uh, each of us kind of keep an eye on each conference. I'm in the, uh, central out in the west it's kind of the you know the typical out there with um nashville and winnipeg staying on top i said it numerous times almost every podcast that uh those two teams are just going to be flip-flopping back and forth with uh you know dallas and minnesota and colorado uh coming up and down so uh we still got uh, uh winnipeg on top Nashville's in second place. Dallas jumped ahead of Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's on a four-game losing streak. Um, so they're at 57 points with Dallas at 60. Um, Colorado is actually slipping down. And, um, we got St. Louis in the fifth spot there. So we got the Wild in St. Louis in the wild card out there. But uh, nothing's changed in the Central. Winnipeg and Nashville are still on top. Yeah, I can hit the Atlantic real quick. I mean, we've obviously talked about Toronto a little bit. Um, you know, the, in the Atlantic, uh, we have to talk about Tampa Bay. I mean, the 81 points, uh, you know, they're they're just crushing it, right? They got 58 plus 58 goal differential. You know, they're a team to beat. Boston's been hanging in there in the middle of Buffalo. Uh, Detroit and Ottawa and Florida have just been kind of fading away. And, uh, you know, so the teams to look at, I believe, I mean, you got Toronto and Tampa, they're not going anywhere. So, you know, it's, it's Buffalo, Boston, and, and Montreal. Um, Buffalo's only got 58 points, so they're struggling. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get anywhere, but Montreal and Boston, the teams that got to kick it in the second half of the year, my picks anyway, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Boston to step it up. I don't think Montreal is going to go too far this year, but I think Boston's probably going to make a push. You know, yeah, the Metro, there's a – Kind of a big surprise in that in that uh, division, you know. It's uh, Islanders sitting at the top. Who picked that? Trot. Who who picked the who who said the Islanders were going to be decent this year? I did. Oh, oh, oh um, 
Anyways, so you got the Islanders sitting at the top, and uh, obviously it's the like I said on previous podcasts, like in this division, the, the cream has risen to the top now. You know, it's uh, besides the Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, New York Rangers, my team, and the Devils are floundering around the bottom. But uh, I think you're going to see there's going to be – I think the Islanders probably fall out of that. You probably see Washington and Pittsburgh battle for that top seed. And um, I think I think you probably see uh, the Islanders fall around the third place uh, when it comes down to the to the end of the road. But you never know. I think Columbus Blue Jacks will probably sneak in in a wild card place. But that 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 division hasn't really surprised anybody except outside of the uh, New York Islanders. It's I tight, you know, it's tight compared to the other divisions. You know, like from first place to sixth, uh, uh, first place to fifth place is only like seven points. So. You yeah, look at that, though. I mean, it's the, the differential, though. When you when you go from middle of the pack, you know, top to middle of the pack to the bottom, it's like it's un, it's unbelievable. I mean, once you get outside the top three, yeah, you, know, you got you got everybody like you know, Islanders are plus twenty four, Washington plus ten, Pittsburgh plus nineteen, Blue Jackets plus seven. Then you got Carolina minus three, Philly minus twenty four, Rangers minus twenty seven, Devils minus twenty five. It's like it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty telling. Yeah, yeah 50 you, got, you got Philadelphia, though. I mean, they're on a uh, nine-game winning streak. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. That's pretty it's crazy. It's fucking gritty. And they're like 12 points out of first. I mean, that, that division is tight, you know. First place is at 66 points. I mean, and 64, 62, 61, 58. I mean, that's, that's not like the other divisions where you got the first top two teams kind of running away yeah. with it. Yeah, definitely. What's going on out west, Pete? Uh, out west, Calgary sitting at, uh, up top. Uh, San Jose second. Uh, they're four. Uh, how many points are they behind? There's f- we have four points behind, and then Vegas is sitting third, four points behind, and five points behind that. So they're nine points out. I don't see you know unless the wheels fall off the bus in Calgary, uh, they're going to hold. I think the lead there. San Jose, I think, you know. Right behind him. Right behind him, right. Look at, four, look at four Calgary's differential, Robbie. Yeah. Look at Calgary. Yeah. Yep, 45, 45 points. Five. Yeah. Eight, yeah. one, and one in their last ten. I yeah. saw Vegas. They beat uh, They beat Tampa Bay last night. Um, yep, three, two. Three, two. Yep. I watched some of the highlights today on the NHL Network. They had some pretty fancy goals. I mean, Vegas – Vegas is still a team to talk about out there. They're not a team you want to play in the playoffs, that's for sure. Playoffs! playoffs. Talk about playoffs? So, like Derek <laughs> said, it's the same thing. You know, once you get to fourth, you know, the the differential goes from green to red quickly. And, yeah. you know, they're like minus 12, minus 15, minus 25. You got Anaheim, it's minus fucking 47. So they're just a lot. they're just getting pumped. They lost there. like nine to three the other day. Yeah, so get smoked. Just lost to Montreal four one. So we got the uh, the uh, NHL Stadium Series is coming up here February twenty third. Um, that's going to be in Philadelphia with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins versus the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, uh, which is a huge rivalry. Um, that's pretty cool. It's going to be played at Lincoln Financial Field, where the um, that Eagles. football team that football team plays. Um, so so that would be pretty cool. Battle of Pennsylvania. Um, I think la- last time they did that, they had sixty-seven thousand people at Heinz Field. Um, the Flyers won four to two in 2017. So I'm sure they're expecting the same crowd like that at Lincoln financial field. And, uh, you know, it's the Coors Light NHL stadium series. So we got one more outdoor game, which we have something to look forward to. I believe the trade deadline is the same day, February 23rd at five o'clock. So, um, we got the trade deadline on the same day as the stadium series. So that's a big day coming up here. Yeah, it's going to suck if one of those guys gets traded right before that game. <laughs> I bet they look forward to it. Depending on the weather, it might be a good thing. Well, guys, let's get into a little bit of a talk about Arc Hockey. We haven't mentioned them yet tonight. Arc Hockey is a proud sponsor of the Blue Line Hockey Club, and uh, we've been able to try out some of their sticks and uh, great quality. I mean, 
sticks for half the price of some of the premium brands and gives people the opportunity to play in men's league or buy a stick for your kid at um, high-end quality for half the price. So um, if you're looking for a good stick, I, I've actually enjoyed it the last couple of weeks. I've been using it and uh, hasn't helped my game at all, but I, you know, can't blame the, can't blame how's the your, How's your slapper? <laughs> Fortunately, I am in a league where I suck so bad there's no slap shots allowed. So <laughs> I, I got to keep it below the knee. Oh, nice. <laughs> Still pretty yeah. I mean, you can get the same, it's the same style stick, right, Mark? Is there any difference for half the price? So our cocky go on there for men's league, um, mittens league, the league that Mark's playing in, we call it mittens league. Um, oh, here we go. They, you can get a stick for half the price of going to the local retailer and paying 250 or $300. And you can get a stick for 140, especially when you're playing in the men league, like Mark. Men's. Yeah, they look cool too. I mean, it's not like they're just plain Jane. I mean, they, they look cool. They're carbon fiber sticks, so I mean, they're not they're not cheaply made. They're made in the same uh, same factories that Warrior and Bauer and other companies are making their sticks. So um, yeah, it's really cool. Do you got friction tape on it or no? Uh, actually, I think I found some in my bag from 1998, but I didn't. I couldn't get it. Couldn't get it to come apart. It, like stuck together. Frozen. <laughs> But yeah, arcocky.com and use the uh, promotion code blue line and uh, you get $30 off your stick. So it brings it right down to almost 100 bucks. So you can't beat it. Get on arcocky.com uh, and you can get their site right from bluelinehockey.com. Uh, we have all of our sponsors on our site, so check them out. All right, boys, it's been another exciting week with the Blue Line Hockey Club talking hockey. We've got the swagger back with Maddie B coming in, giving us the sports news from the week so that was a good addition and we look forward to hearing more from him going forward <laughs> hey now all right boys until next time keep your stick on the ice hey -ya. oh doctor Bill. keep your head up <laughs>